And now, here's your host, Alessandra Torresani. Dr. Vinita Sandu. I'm going to call you doctor because I want to I want to make oh you like really special and like I think anyone that can have that in the front of their name or in the back of their name really I mean should be like screamed like no other because I don't have any of that but I like to pretend that I'm a doctor. Um but I'm not so don't listen to my professional advice. It's just lived experience. Um which is also incredibly important. So don't minimize that. Totally Totally yeah. important, like super, super, super important. What you are doing is so cool. Who you are is so cool. First and foremost, I want to give a big thank you to Dr. Emily Anhalt, who is my kindergarten friend, um, which is so freaking cute that I'm 34 and still like talking to her. I think it's like ridiculous and she's so smart. And let me tell you, she was always like that. Like she is literally exactly who she is now. Imagine like a pint-sized human with a really high voice. And like, she was like, she might as well have been a doctor at five. You know what I mean? Like people- Watch came out worlds. Yeah, people came to her Damn. with problems. Like she was born to to be this. Um, but you are part of this amazing company called COA, which is my favorite for many reasons. Most importantly, because you guys have Kevin Love behind you and I'm a big basketball mm. person. So for me, oh my God. I'm a huge sports person, which let me just tell you, I'm excited even just to find out like the female identified people yes. who are sports fans. Like, where are y'all? I need more of you in my circle. I'm right here. I'm right okay. here. I'm like telling you I'm right here. <laughs> um, amazing. But that is just the coolest thing. And I think that what, what Koa does, I, I've had Emily on, on, on emotional support before and she mm. was explaining what COA is. So I think, you know, for the most part, the audience does know, but maybe you could give like a quick refresh of what COA is to you and how you come on as the emotional fitness side of it all. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Happy to talk about it. So for COA, we are a gym for mental health and, and truly what's central to what we do is we believe that working on mental health should be as commonplace as accessible as working on your mental health. Yep. What a concept I know. What a so, concept. <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> and the idea really for us is how do we practice being proactive about our mental health? So what I get to do when I think a really cool job is and get a hold of it, my title is head of emotional fitness. So cool. Coolest time I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And what I what I do is just I lead curriculum content and our instructor team on helping really designing these experiences for all of us to be proactive about mm. our mental health. So you wouldn't wait until you have a heart attack to hopefully then work out and right. then decide well, maybe now I need to check how I'm eating. Same thing for mental health. Let's not wait until there's a crisis happening in your life right. before we realize, oh, I could be skilling up in certain ways. And with the emotional fitness side of it, how is it different than, for instance, like I go to a therapist and I'm going to go to my therapist that I normally go to and I have this conversation. Like what is different about the in quote unquote emotional fitness? Mm. Well, like what you're doing, by the way, by going to therapy is a practice of emotional fitness. So you're already doing it, Alessandra. You're on top of it. What can I say? And <laughs> super fit well, in the brain. <laughs> there, there you go. That's exactly it. I mean, it, the idea here is 
how can we, I mean, you're a sports fan. So how do we keep ourselves conditioned so that we're less prone to injury or less prone to something that can be incredibly painful? We're not eliminating pain. Let right. me just make that very clear. Yeah, yeah. But, so for emotional fitness is let's be proactive. What are ways that I can skill up in my self-awareness? What are things mm. I need to grow in? What are ways that I can actually work on becoming more resilient so that when that hard thing comes in life, which right. I know is going to come. And it does. Yeah. And it and it does. And we don't always know right. when, which is the toughest part. What is something I can do now so that when that thing happens, I'm that much more ready for right. it? Right. Right. So what would be some of the like curriculum that you would have? Like, because I know that with COA, you have group classes. You do have individual, I believe, as well. Like. So what would be something that we would, we would, well, not a spoiler alert, but at this point, like, hey, I'm a pregnant woman that's like going through like super highs and super lows. Um, Woohoo. Um, you yeah. know, I'm going through this journey. And like, for me, just uh, on a side note, I actually, I still go to my same psychiatrist, you know, for my medication for bipolar disorder, but I found a new therapist who kind of specialized in, bipolar disorder specializes in, you know, pregnancy and kind of hormonal and stuff. So say I wanted to add like another bonus to that, right? In like a group therapy sense, like if I were to sign up for COA, what would something, what would like some of the curriculum look like? Or what would some of the fitness activities be like for my brain? Yeah, that's such a great question. Because one thing, let me just tell you right now, mamas, pregnancy, New mamas, I just mentioned resilience. That's one of the biggest emotional fitness traits is what we call them. Right. That truthfully, I think, lends itself to having just a mentally healthier pregnancy is when you know you've got that resilience in you. So what would that look like? It would look like you being in a room. We have virtual room right now, meeting the world where it is. And you're with a group of others who also want to work on their resilience. Mm -hmm. And so a licensed therapist leads you and this group through this experience. And there are breakout room conversations. There are opportunities for those aha moments, insight Mm -hmm. moments. So let me give you an example of resilience, what that might look like. All right. This is speaking as somebody who's, I'm also a new mom. I just, (gasps) I had a baby in October. Oh my goodness. Yes. Congratulations. Wow. Thank you. New mama. Yeah. Does it look, do I look like I'm Not at all. You look fresh as a daisy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It was just a splash of cold water. That helps. (laughs) But one of the things I have found being a new mom and even pregnant, what was really tough was asking for help. Big, big, big thing that I've been dealing with right now. Yeah. Have you, meaning you found yourself having a tough time or? Uh, Oh, I have had the, the first trimester was like a breeze for me which was shocking because I had um, gotten, like I'd weaned off for about four and a half months off my medication, my Lamictal for my bipolar medicine. I had Mm. gotten pregnant right away, thank God. Um, First trimester, I was like not sick. I had migraines, but I always have migraines. So it wasn't like, it wasn't anything that was different where I was like throwing up all the time or hot sweats or cold sweats. You know, I was great. You're so lucky. And then, well, and then the second trimester came along and it was like, you think this was easy? Let me break this down for you. Remember when you were manic? Like, let me just remind you of that feeling. And so I started experiencing manic episodes and I started experiencing like 
not full hallucinations by any means, but like to the to the ed- the breaking point or like the edge where it could have gone over the line where we were very close to putting me in, a, you know, a hospital or a, or mm. not even a full blown hospital, but really some serious care more than just the you know, regular visits to the doctors and the psychiatrists and therapists and stuff like that. Like truly like putting me away for a little bit to monitor me. Um, okay. But, but, and and then in the third trimester, like things are starting to look up. I'm, I'm, I'm just beginning. So, you know, I have not knock on wood or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to knock on my everything. head. Like I haven't felt that in that feeling, you know, and it's interesting. I talked to a postpartum specialist and she says, you know, it's, it's truly just dependent on hormones too. You know what I mean? Like where you are in the trimester, like where you are feeling and how you're feeling. But I I did notice the second, when I started feeling these manic episodes, that's when the question of, I need help, how do I ask for help? Because I was quite embarrassed. And I was embarrassed to ask doctors and express that I was having these dark thoughts because all I've ever wanted was a child. And so I don't want them to be like taking my baby away from me if I'm being honest about Mm. like how I'm feeling inside, how I'm like really depressed and sad and all these feelings, you know? And so it's the the asking for help I I didn't want to do because I didn't want someone to say, you're not responsible enough to take care of a child. Like we're not allowing this, right? So you pretend that everything's fine. This is, I mean, what you're sharing, It's this is just so damn real for me, by the way. Aww. But the idea here is, well, I, meaning not wanting to ask for help because yeah. are people going to start questioning Judging my competency? You. Yes, yes. And they ask the question, like, how are you feeling? And if you're not, like, I always answer, you know, I'm physically great, but I don't answer the mental question because I don't want them to ever think that, you know, I, I'm lying because I'm not, but physically I've been great. But how do you have a conversation with someone who, you know, is a neighbor, for instance, or, or you know, a, a somewhat close friend, but not that close, you know, where you're going to be spilling your secrets. You can't be like, oh, oh, yeah, by the way, yeah, those those that darkness that I experienced when I was 21 years old before I was medicated. Yep, that was that feeling came up again, came up again. Um, you're not going to say that. You know, and then people go, oh, you're so lucky you haven't been throwing up. I'm like, oh, my God, like, you know, right. You 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 have these thoughts. So That's, I, I'm glad yes. that you felt. I mean, I'm sad that you felt that. But I have to be honest with you. Like, I'm so happy that you felt that because it makes me realize that I'm not alone and that this conversation needs to be had all the time because it's not talked about enough. I could not agree with you more. And, and let me tell you, Alessandra, you are in the prenatal experience. Right. I, I am post. sorry to yeah. say, yeah. I'm sorry to say the postpartum is even shittier. Yeah. Yeah. There and that's what the so doctor was support. talking to me about. Really? Yeah. Oh man. Well, here's the thing. Prenatal, you've got all your appointments set up, right? You're on yeah. this appointment schedule. They go right. in for this ultrasound. Right. I've got these check-ins and these questionnaires. The postpartum experience, let's see you at six weeks. Great. Good to go. See you later. Peace out. Bye. Yeah. It's e- you're even less held. Le- there's less scheduling. The, it, you're really left to your own devices there. And and I, I say it not to scare you no, uh, no. around the experience, no. but thinking about this idea of asking for help, truly, if you can even just exercise it once or twice, a little bit more than you usually would of what does it mean? What feels helpful for me to ask for help? What's my way of asking for help right. that feels better? 
it's only going to serve you more in the postpartum experience right, right. that can that is honestly truly i would it i would say from just from my experience feels much more lonely than the prenatal experience did you have a i mean because you are you know in this world right and 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 i think that people question that a lot and it, for have questioned me i'm going to use me as an example i'm not going to project onto you. But I mean, I feel like a lot of my friends are like, well, don't you have resources? Like, don't you know? And it's like, you think I would, but you don't because when it's your own experience, it feels different. And you feel like you can give the advice and that you, you, you have the story to tell, but when it's a new story and you don't know where to go, you just feel like lost. And I keep telling this to people that the only resources that I that I found of a community um, in regards to being particularly like the specifics of bipolar and pregnant um, have been on Reddit. And I know that's crazy to be like Reddit, but you know, where else was I supposed to find somebody mm. to listen to? Yes, there's Facebook groups, but I'm not, I didn't announce my pregnancy until, you know, towards the end. And I'm not going to be like on Facebook, like talking to random people and then be like, oh, that's the girl that hosts that podcast or wasn't she on Big Bang Theory? You know, like I'm not going to I'm not going to do that. So I need it to be some sort of an anonymous kind of support group in the meantime. You know, how how did you handle it as someone that is in that world? Like what, what was your experience? So I'll just share a unique aspect of my experience was that I went through IVF. To get oh, wow. Wow. So like that whole idea of asking for help and anxiety and all the great things. You experienced that before pregnancy as well. Before even pregnancy. But while I was pregnant, there's this, and anyone who else who has fertility struggles probably understand this, that there's always this thought of, I'm going to lose the baby. I'm about to lose the baby. Right, right. Like, this is too good to be true. There's no way. Like, how many sticks did I pee on to confirm I was pregnant? I can't even tell you. Yeah. There's just this paranoia that's there for a good reason. I understood why I was anxious about it. But what it did mean, I think, for me was, I guess, the plus of struggling for a couple years to get pregnant was that I learned Uh who I could go to for support. And much like you, there was – I needed to remain anonymous. I just didn't feel – like I was ready to put a name to my infertility struggle. Mm. So for me, it was Instagram. Really? I follow, wow. there's like, there's incredible people out there who have fertility accounts, IVF accounts, sharing day to day their struggles. And I would be up at night, 2 a.m., just scrolling, looking at the comments. Wow. And, and it, I mean, I don't know if that's what you were doing no, with Reddit, no, but it, I, no, that's literally what I was doing. I, I was putting in, Bipolar, bipolar pregnancy, like whatever week I was at, then I'd put the week to see if there was anyone that would pop up that was like, oh no, don't worry about it, girl. We got you. You know what I mean? It's, it's that 20 week, like this happens. Like I was searching, I was Googling, I was hashtag, I was on social media trying to figure it out all out. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Holy, holy shit. Do I understand the hash? What hashtag would I have to put in in order to get this thing? Yes. and, 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 and the IVF thing, like, you know, well, I didn't experience that. I, I, I'm a very superstitious person and I, I, 
I'm so superstitious. I'm like, oh my God, I don't post certain photos because I don't want someone out there putting a hex on some something. You know, I'm like, I'm like that, like Italian, like woo-woo, like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> Looney Tune over here. You know what I mean? For many reasons. Um, but um, you know, I I didn't I I, I just I felt so lost and, and there was a part of me now looking back at it where I'm like, I wish I announced it sooner, right? But because maybe it would have calmed my nerves. But the reason mm. why I can understand and relate a little bit with is that I had a lot of miscarriage family, like family on my on my mother's side and my husband did on his side with, with miscarriages, right? It was very common. Mm. There was a lot of stillbirths. Um, a lot of things like that. Right. So for me, my paranoia, right. Of it's too uh -huh. good to be true. I got pregnant right away. And the people had told me, including my mother who took her over a year to get pregnant, you know, it's going to take you a while. So when it happened and we found out right away and I was like, we, we can't, we can't say anything. We can't, we can't buy anything. I bought, I brought these, um, right before I found out I was pregnant, these these like new period panties or something. Like that sounded really naughty. Sorry about that, people. Like that sounded like moist or something. Like period underwear. Like, sure. Yeah, like you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, cool. This is cool. Because I didn't know I was pregnant, right? And I was like, oh, this is going to like save me so much money and so much time, like with the tampons and all this stuff. And when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, oh, I can't throw give these back because if I return this underwear, then therefore I'm probably going to have a miscarriage. You know what I mean? Like that's where my mind would work, where I wouldn't okay. throw, you know. And so every every time I like went to pee and I looked down on my underwear, I was expecting to see blood. I was expecting to see something. You know what I mean? Every time I went to the doctor, I was expecting them to say, oh, it's not there. So it in and I think that that's why I kept it so private and maybe that's what kind of made it even worse like built up the 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 anxiety and the emotions and the stress but I can't mm. even imagine what you went through because this journey just to get that that one thing to work and it is just the odds the baby <laughs> is it's it. unbelievable you're just like how so I understand you know that 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 anxiety of of Every every breath is the last breath that you're holding on to. You're gasping for air. Here's the thing that I think that you are highlighting. Every mama goes through, we all have our stories. Yeah. And that is one thing I think that you will hopefully be welcomed into the, the new mama community. You're welcome to now be a part of mine. Oh, thanks. Because because truthfully, when you when you ask sort of what helped me through it, therapy is a wonderful thing. Right. Community is also a wonderful thing. And what I realized I needed was not just a mama community, but a new mama mm, community. Right. So folks who wouldn't say, who wouldn't always say this, which is what happened to me, which is, it'll, it gets easier. It gets better. That That's great. And it's lovely to hear that. And it is sure, encouraging. Sure. But I also want someone to tell me to keep the period panties because guess what? They're going to come in handy postpartum. Yes. Don't throw those away. Thank you. <laughs> Do not throw those away. It because... was worth the purchase. I knew it. Mm. I knew it. Yeah, bleeding's <laughs> still about to happen, girl. Yeah, that's right. It's gonna. But you know that it's so true, and I think that you know it is about a community, but I think it's about a new community, and it's interesting because I have been joining a few groups, uh, you know, taking different types of birthing classes and and stuff like that, and 
And just being around a group of moms who are pregnant at the same time as you are and do around the same time. And you have these conversations and you go, do you feel this way? You know, and you're like, you're really nervous to say it because you're like, they're going to be like, she's crazy. You know what I mean? And they're like, oh, oh, I totally have been there. Like this happened to me, you know, and you don't realize like, wow, how a conversation and, and just one topic can open up and be this whole ripple effect of, 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 of emotions for pregnant women and for moms and postpartum. And, you know, I was sharing with this, this other lady um, that I was interviewing the other day um, that, uh, you know, in regards to postpartum, I had a lot of friends that didn't even realize that they were dealing with postpartum depression until years later, that that's what they were dealing with. They thought that was just normal. Right. And you were just supposed to feel that way. And, you know, it's just it's mind boggling to me because I'm so I'm so happy to be warned and be told about all these different things and statistics and all this, you know, all this fun stuff. But it's also scary. Right. Because I'm like, where's is there any optimism, you know, and I have been able to slowly find that I have. But, you know, we have to be realistic. And I think the conversation is just had openly and the dialogue is there i mean god the support system that we would all have for one another just yes fuck just talking about it honestly which is why i'm so glad you and i are i do think though alessandra there's one thing that is a unique aspect of your experience that was of mine and that is what it means to be pregnant during a global pandemic Right. Interesting. So you, obviously you were pregnant during a global pandemic, but it would probably was even wilder, like shutdown wise when you were pregnant. What did that do to your mental health? Like, were you just feeling claustrophobic and stuck and alone? This is this. So the thing about, I think, but mental health and pregnancy is if you had, if you were struggling with something before, pregnancy does a great way of revealing all the ways in which you haven't dealt with it or haven't right. managed it well. Right. Or if you, let's say you were like, great, uh, you're so lucky you didn't struggle with anything mental health. Surprise, pregnancy does a really great way of introducing you to mental health symptoms. <laughs> and and for me, anxiety, I was like, great, I've got a hold of my, my, my anxiety. I know how to manage right. uncertainty. I've got this down. I can yeah. journal. Yeah. I know what to do. I'm going to journal. Nope, got pregnant. Let me get pregnant during a global pa- pandemic just to test because how great am i doing with my anxiety yeah this is the time you know this is when i think this is how this should go down we should definitely test my anxiety because that's what anyone wants to fucking do with their mental health symptoms (laughs) just test it out (laughs) and i did not do well for the first little while to be honest because i knew a community would be great but this is why i was saying that with new mom is folks who are going through with it unless someone's been pregnant during a global pandemic, it is hard to really sit with someone and what it meant to not be able to have visitors for a while or to not be able to go on that baby moon that you so badly wanted to because travel restrictions existed. So in some ways, yes, mama communities are great, but to have that unique experience with other mamas during this time has been so incredibly meaningful and supportive for me. You know, it's interesting. The the woman was telling me the statistics of, of, postpartum depression that it was something like some something specific of one on five and that it's doubled since um the pandemic with moms um with pregnant women and you know it's interesting because I've been talking about it a lot on my podcast like pre-pregnancy 
on how so many of my friends who never had mental illnesses and mental health struggles or anything during the pandemic had it a lot harder than even I did because I've been able to sit in my mind and I've been able to work on my mind for years, you know, and I've had the tools and I've had the resources and the, you know, the different people to talk to. Um, and some people just really, you know, kind of lost it because they, they didn't know how to sit in their own thoughts, especially during the initial lockdown of the, you know, two months or whatever it was. And some people were alone in their house. They were like, we've never done, what do you mean? We have thoughts? We have thoughts? <laughs> what? Well, I can't do yes. anything to ignore this. And so I can only imagine how hard it was. You know, I, I think that I am very lucky because things have opened up and compared to what you were when you were pregnant. But it is weird. I mean, there was a moment where, you know, my husband was coming with me to all the doctor's appointments and then my mom got to come and then Omnicron hit and they were like, oh, by the way, like no one can come but you, you know, and I was mm. like, excuse me, like, and, and, and it was weird because I don't know about you, but talking about asking for help, like, I love my doctor. I think, he, you know, my doctor is amazing. I love but there are some times where I feel so um, like kind of like almost like I, I brought back to like like elementary school again where I'm like uncomfortable to ask a question and I feel like I might be shamed because it's a stupid question or I might be shamed because it's an outrageous question and that happened to me all the time in school. So I'm very like I have a lot of like trauma like behind asking things, you know, from people because it sounds like wild and sometimes stupid. Um, but that's okay. It's all fun. It's all, I always bring a joke to the question. You know, it's what I do. But I got nervous like the first time I went around the doctor without my husband or my mom, you know, being there as my support system where I was like, I do have these questions, but I don't want him to diminish them. And I don't want to feel dumb with it. And yes, that's my own insecurity, which I talked to with my therapist that that's my own thing, you know, but I, I was really, I was really nervous. And I was like, wow, like, I couldn't imagine I had so many friends who gave birth during the pandemic at the height of the pandemic. And like, they couldn't, I don't have a doula, but they couldn't have their doulas there. They couldn't have their support system, like a whole team where, no, I don't want you cutting my umbilical cord right now. Like, I don't want you to, you know, Ooh. take my baby out of the room. Like all these things, they didn't have someone that was there to kind of support them and like have their back. And I was like, I don't know if I could do that alone. I don't know if I would be capable of that. What I love about what you're saying is, is so I did, I did have to go through most of my appointments alone. Yeah. My husband was not allowed to come. My struggle with asking for help is... I love to be the go-to person. I want to mm. be the person that you. Interesting. I I right? want to be the person that's seen as, oh, when I'm going to pinch, Nina's the one that I go to. Yeah, yeah. But if I ask for help, oh shit, people not going to see me that yeah, way. Yeah. So what I struggled with, with going through these prenatal appointments by myself was wanting to be the know-it-all person and that I would know the right questions and truthfully, that did not allow me to just enjoy what it meant to see this growing being right. in my body. It's human. So yeah. when there was this, like to feel the emotions of the ultrasound and, and hearing the heartbeat. And those are incredible experiences that truthfully, I wish I wasn't so wrapped up in 
also having to be this person who asked the right questions and was seen as the go-to, because I actually do think that that in some ways clouded my ability to just mm. sit with being present of what it meant to be pregnant. Right, right, right. Yeah. Which asking for help. It. I mean, it's sitting in it, sitting yeah. in the celebrations of it. Because let me tell you, in... it goes by real fast. I mean, there is a part of me that's like, wow, I remember we, you know, we told my mom and that seems like so long ago because she was living somewhere else at the time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's so wild. But as I'm getting closer, right, I'm just like, oh, fuck, I'm not prepared for a, a human. Like, there's something moving in here. Like, no, stay in here. You're very safe in the stomach. Like, I can control everything here. I don't think we're ready for you quite yet. And you really, like, it just feels like yesterday we were on vacation, like, having a wild time, and then I'm here. It's just like... And and you're right. It's about enjoying those moments and really just sitting in it and having those thoughts and just allowing your body to rest even, um, I think is so important. Like I, I don't, I, I had a hard time sleeping and I, I pissed about that, that I was like, I didn't, I didn't rest enough. You know what I mean? I didn't take yes. care of me. Oh, enough. do I ever. Yeah, I, I wish that I rested more during my pregnancy like, because let me tell you. But it, I, I almost I almost get frustrated too when let's say you you know you have depressive thoughts or anxious thoughts. It's so frustrating to hear somebody say rest. Yeah, yeah. You know, take a load off. Yeah. It's like I can't. I, I fuck honestly, you. you just you can't. Yeah, fuck you. Like so yeah, response. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Can you can you do what I'm doing? Like honestly, fuck you. Yeah. And yeah. I would say asking for help. The one thing that I would say was a though a positive of of honestly struggling to get pregnant was I started to really build the conviction in myself that I can do hard shit. Wow, I love that. That I start to really build my confidence of I can do this. I can do this. I know that I can uh -huh. do this. So the moments in pregnancy. When you're like, holy fuck, I don't know if I can ride the wave of this symptom. I don't know if I can. It just, it. I would say this, and it only gets better and better. Like I just, now sitting five, almost six months postpartum, I honestly, sometimes I'm like, I can fucking handle anything. Right. Like, do you know what I just right. went through? Right. And there is something about this idea of when resting and that idea of being present when pregnant is letting my eyes close for a moment and and honestly just thinking about all the other people in this world and ancestors who've been pregnant and what it meant for them to have a baby and how that has led to the presence of me. Like I went there. I truly went there. And I'm not, again, right. I'm also not this like, let me connect to my ancestral right. being. Like that's not me and not who what I do. But there was something incredibly powerful about doing that while I was pregnant that let me just it's so it's so interesting because my mom felt that way when she was pregnant with me of like the connection to like past past humans and past generations and stuff truly you know that that connection and I've I found myself I was like my god I think I'm like creating like this like meditation like station child inside me because the baby like loves when I meditate let me tell you and I practice transcendental oh. meditation like normally for my own like kind of psychotic well-being um but I found myself really being drawn to do um you know 
like certain types of affirmations and certain types of connecting to to ancestors and stuff like that. It's so it's so weird that you bring this up. And I started studying. Um, I, I, I was learning how to do hypnobirthing, um, which everyone is like, oh, that's so woo woo, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, cool, like sign me up like this is for me. And I was like, but it's natural. That's why I think I'm drawn to it, because you know, my mom laughs and my mom goes, you know, everyone's so worried about, you know, are you going to have this epidural? Are you going to have the walking one? Are you going to have this hospital bed? And she's like, think about all of the ancestors and all of the people who have survived, who gave birth on the side of a mountain by themselves. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can do it, you know? And I think that that's what I read in all these books of how it really, people are, and I see that there is kind of a shift that from all these books that I'm reading, they're all having you go back to the old school times of how babies were born and raised. It's it's bizarre. I mean, like maybe I'm wrong and the books were always like that, but it's just, I was like, oh, wow, we're going back to caveman times. Okay, cool. Like, let's do it. There is... Let me just tell you, you might make noises you never thought you were going to make when in labor. Like there is, when you said hypnobirthing, I mean, yes, it's true. People are going to question, people question everything Everything. when you're pregnant. And that's one of the shittiest things. I mean, as women in general, of course, we're, we're always judged and shamed for certain things. But talk about everyone has their two cents on what you should do with delivery. Listen, my plan was no plan. And I found that to be incredibly helpful because it meant when things needed to shift, which they did, I needed to have an emergency C-section. You were, you were able to do that. I was ready for it. And, and I have to be honest that even my, my OB was, she was really trying to, she was holding my hand. Like, are you okay with this? Which let me know that some people when they're giving birth clearly have a reaction when that's the news they're given. But when you're in labor, when you are trying to push you are going to be so incredibly animalistic. Yes. There are going to be sounds you never thought you were going to make and no one else. So talk about like connection to ancestral caveman times. Yeah. We are animals in that fucking moment yes. when you're trying to have a baby. Yes. Yes. So go for it. Make all the sounds. Do what you need to do because there is something about that mindset you are in that is hard to explain if you've never been in it. And right. I know- People who who decide to not have kids or have never been that experience probably get frustrated hearing that, but it's true. Yeah. There's just going to be some things you have to experience in order to really know what's up. Right, right. What is something like when you, because you're in the field of like mental health and and maybe not specifically in the field with like maternal mental health and stuff like that, but you have clients and stuff obviously that have been pregnant and going through your own IVF journey. Were you scared before, like with the postpartum process of being like, oh my God, I, I'm sure because of statistics, like I'm going to have postpartum depression. Like, was that ever a fear, like going into it? Because that's what I find with myself is I, I, everything you read is like, oh, 99.9% chance that you're going to have postpartum, 150% chance if you're bipolar. And it's like- I, and so I wondered, like, as someone who is trained, a trained professional in that field, was that something you were prepared for? Or is it something you can't even be prepared for? Not prepared for. Yeah. I'll just put that right out there. Truthfully, God, these fucking statistics. As as somebody who went through fertility, you live by numbers. Every single week, I would check, what are my miscarriage rates now? Okay, so if I 
do this, what does that mean for implantation success rates? Okay, so if I eat this pineapple, which is a real thing, like there's, you get into this whole world of I will try fucking anything. Yeah. And you live by numbers and statistics. What I have found in the postpartum world is there are still statistics thrown your way. Right. And you have to decide what your story will be. So is my story going to be the postpartum story of I got so wrapped up in numbers and statistics that I wasn't able to, gosh, be present snuggling my newborn for even that five minutes? Yeah. Because truthfully, back to what you were sharing of, it goes by so fast during pregnancy. Right. Holy shit. It, hell yeah. It feels like that even now postpartum, like my kid's rolling like she's a gym, like gonna be a gymnast tomorrow. And I'm Simone like, Biles. where did this, yeah, like, where did, when did this happen? And, and part of, I would say, you know, with maternal mental health and, and what it means to ask for help and resilience and all of that is. If you have others around you who can remind you of tough things you've been through before, who can give you that pep talk when you need it, surround yourself with those folks now. Right. And if you don't have them, see how you can find them. Reach out to folks who have been through tough things before. Reach out to somebody who you know has maybe had a baby before right. because there will be times where you start to second guess if you can do this. Right. There will be times where you can second guess or second guess how well you're doing it because holy shit, talk about the new mom shame of like, well, I got to exclusively breastfeed and you got to do this. Like there's a whole other world yeah. out there of comparison as well. God, and that I, will start I to I feel it. that like now with strangers, even just like reading <laughs> things and they're like, oh, well, if you don't have this crib, like then you don't, if you don't have the snoo, it's like, you don't have like oh, anything. fucking And I'm snoo. like, I'm not buying oh, the my... snoo. Like, and I actually, you don't need it. I got something talking? better than that. So thank you very much. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I got one of those four moms bassinets. They sent me one of those and it is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like I love it. I put my dog in it and my dog rocks to sleep. So I'm sure that the baby is going to rock to sleep if the dog falls asleep in it. Um, but you know, I mean, but it's true. It is a constant comparison. And then, you know, you have my God, I mean, I see my friends comparing, you know, and they don't even realize they're doing it, but I can see them comparing like, oh my God, my baby isn't rolling. Right. We use that as an example, like the other baby. So my baby must not be learning right. And I'm like, your baby's great. Like, don't worry. You got a great, you got a great kid. You got a great kid. That's it. But it is That's a constant it. competitive and it's almost on ourselves, you know, that we're putting that competition. It's not other people. You know, I think that that's what I've, I've found is my insecurity levels have raised very high, higher than they ever have been um, being pregnant. And, and I, and it's weird because I'm a narcissist. So I never thought that I would be so insecure and, and question myself so much. Um, so I'm like, wow, this, this baby thing is real different. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome to being pregnant. You got it. Yeah. Gonna, well, here's, do you have folks in your life that you, that you truly believe that you can lean on to help build your confidence and remind you of tough shit you've been through? Yes, I do. I do. I find that I have it in, in, you know, not only like family and, and, and stuff like that, but I think with friends, I think I have, I have a really great group of friends who are new moms 
preg- currently okay. pregnant moms as I am, um, and and those who are not having children right now, you know, or may never have children. Um, you know, I, I find that I have a great support system and I'm very lucky because the people that I've surrounded myself with have been there pre-medication and post-medication, you know, kind of a lifestyle. That's how I kind of like gauge everything, especially, uh, you know, my best friend, she's been there through all of it. Um, but, you know, but it is also hard because I think when, you know, you live with a mental illness and you have to deal with that stigma already and then you have the baby on top of it, you don't want someone to take your baby away. And I think the more that I talk about it, the more I realize that that's not just a mental illness thing that every mom kind of feels that way, especially when they're having dark moments and they write it down and they're afraid that someone's going to see it. And like, I can't believe I'm having these thoughts. Like, you know, but, but as the doctor told me, like they're thoughts, they're not actions, you know, and you don't feel that you wouldn't actually do anything. And I was like, never, oh my God, you know? And, and they're like, okay, you know, you're allowed to have thoughts. You're allowed to, you know, you need to get it out. If the writing down helps you, then write it down. And so I think that I have been very lucky, but I think that I, what I, when I was very quiet about the pregnancy, I was trying my best to find different apps, um, you know, beyond social media. And I downloaded a bunch of different like mom apps because I think there's like a thousand of them for pregnant women, you know, and so many of them would be like, this is the wellness pregnancy app. And you'd be like, oh, okay, great. Like, I, this is my jam. This is my shit, you know? And then you yep. download it. And like their idea of like a tough day is like, you didn't sit and meditate for the hour. And I'm like, bitch, are you kidding me right now? Like, <laughs> do you know what my day has been? Like, it is four in the morning and I'm driving in circles right now in like my slippers and underwear, okay? And like a moo-moo because I needed to get out of the house because my my thoughts are like just driving me nuts, you know? Like, yes. Your, yes. your one live yoga class is not changing my world, you know? Like- so I think that there has, what I found is there's, you know, another whole aspect of this is like, there's something that's so much, there, there's a missing element to the whole like pregnancy app world too, that I found of, you know, community, community, being able to keep it anonymous as well if you want to, because I think that that's really hard with Facebook groups, like nothing's anonymous anymore. And I wouldn't feel right. comfortable being on Facebook, like having that conversation with you know, someone being like, does someone know who I am? Like, maybe they don't know who I am. I don't know, you know, whatever. I don't feel comfortable with that, like, right at the beginning. Um, right. But I think that there needs to be something that's there. And, you know, it's something that I've been working on with someone, actually, on bringing a community together um, for those really dark times and those really hard times. And the stuff that you don't want in writing that you can't admit that you actually wrote down. Oh, Gosh, the the dark thoughts that come up, especially when you got a crying ass baby. But let me just what I love about what you're highlighting is this. So when it comes to the asking for help, building our confidence, really building our resiliences, it doesn't have to be one person who's your go-to person. Right. No. Right. So great. I've got a new mom. She can understand some of the stress. I have another thing. But I also have postpartum, I'm having some body issues. Right. For the first time in my life. I am 
looking down at myself and I'm like, whose body is this? Right. Like, where did right. these come from? I've never struggled with that before. So lucky me, I've got somebody in my community who I know has also been through some of this. So now I've got them as part of my community. And, you know, the research is, is pretty great in terms of highlighting the fact that our social networks change. Mm -hmm. And on average, about every seven years, half of our network is new and we I adjust believe it. it. Yeah. And part of what I think about this is we go through new shit in life and we realize, well, I need new people. Yep. I need. Yep. And, and, and let me tell you, being a parent is one of those milestones in life that you realize very quickly that community shifts and folks, maybe you weren't close to before. Now, all of a sudden you find You're yourself reaching to out to them. Yeah. I find myself That's reaching it. out to people that I'm like acquaintances with, you know what I mean? Like I have a lot of super close friends, like from my past that I never told that I was pregnant right away, you know, and I reached out to other people and I, I'm like, is that terrible? Does that make me a bad friend? And it's like, no, because what do I need right now? And most importantly, what does my baby need right now? Like I need this mm. in my community. Yeah. It's, wow, that's so interesting that you felt the same way of of reaching out to new and and fresh. I mean, you're you're already being a parent, like you already are making tough decisions while pregnant. Yeah, right. Who? I mean, truthfully, when I was pregnant, I that's when I got vaccinated. Right. And I talk about the stress of like, shit. Do I do this? Do I not do this? What's the research? We don't know the research. Are there gonna be long term effects? Right. I mean, that to me felt like my major first parent decision. Wow. No, I can only imagine. Yeah. And you're doing it too. The things that you're drinking, not drinking, that you're eating, not eating. I mean, you're already caring for this baby and making really important decisions. And we tend to think about it so much about medical and physical, right? Here, here are the meds, not the meds. Here's what's going to happen. Here are the best nutrients, best vitamins, but we don't think about for our mental health, here's a great community that's going to be helpful right. for your baby and for right. your mental health. And I, I wish almost in the, you know, the prenatal checklist and the hospital checklist they give you, I really wish there was a mental health component of yes. here are the things to consider having ready as you also get discharged. Right. If you do, you know, if you go to the hospital or for home birth, whatever right. it is, but that does not exist, which then tells me this is still a conversation. We're not having enough. No, and that's what one of the doctors was telling me, um, one of the specialists of the postpartum, is she was saying how, you know, the gestational gestational diabetes, is that the test that, you know, yes. that you have to Ugh, take? Yeah. She's like, you know, there are only 6% of people get that, right? Get diabetes from, from the pregnancy. And yes, it's very serious, right? But like the percentage with postpartum depression is like so much more than that. Yet no one's doing tests for that. They check, you know, day one, like, are you good? Cool. Okay, bye. Right. Have fun with your life, you know. <laughs> yes. And, and you know, no one's checking up on that, you know. And so I think that that's so important, too, is being sure that, you know, not to scare people, but what, you know, when you say, like, postpartum is the shit, you know, and you need to be prepared and you need to have resources available to you that you can like go to if you're feeling this, if you're feeling that way, like right away and get to it. Um, and I think that it's a shame that, you know, a lot of places don't offer that. Um, most places from what I'm learning. Um, but 
But if, you know, we as moms can stand up and, and share that information and, and make it stigma free and, and not a not a big deal and not a scary thought of more like, hey, you know, remember that gross drink you drank? You know, you're going to have to now do 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 this, but but don't do it. You don't drink that, but just have this resource, you know, like whatever it is, you know, here's this website or here's this doctor, you know, just something, you know, just something, something. just something I mean, for the oh conversation. God, God, mentioning that drink is making me just nauseous. Thing. <laughs> I ran home from the doctor's and I remember just like throwing up. No, in my sink after you poor that. thing. It was, it was so gross. I mean, some people don't have that much of a struggle, but what you're highlighting is, and truthfully, like as you have your, you know, they give you a checklist for your hospital bag. Here are the things to pack. Right, right. I would suggest as well as like have two people ready on your phone that you can text. Yeah. And permission to learn know that you're not gonna be perfect at any of this shit because i also i don't even know what perfect means what does it mean to be the perfect feet i don't know feeder breastfeeder whatever it is just giving yourself that permission to learn right and the you know the following weeks when i had when i had a newborn and anytime i felt myself get frustrated and i know she was too my daughter was also frustrated at shit right i had to remind myself we're both practicing yeah you it's and I new. have never done this before. Yeah. And even that permission to learn was incredibly alleviating of some of the anxiety that I was having as a new mom. Right. And that permission, I, you know, can I wish it happened earlier. I wish it happened when I was pregnant as well. Like permission to not be the fit pregnant woman who's also posting on Instagram all the workouts I'm doing and that I'm still running at eight months pregnant that was not in the cards for me at all and just giving myself the permission to still move my body but in a way that felt great for me and not judge it so much not have that judgment what what would you say do you have any judgments right now for yourself oh my god so many like so many I think that you know I I I have the judgment of like, should I have stayed on my medicine or not stayed on my medicine? You know what I mean? That that's a constant reminder to me because, you know, so many people it's, it's been this battle of, I have people that told me in my past that it would kill my baby, you know? So that's why I never did it. Um, And then they're like, oh, you should have done it because then maybe you wouldn't stress your baby out if you had a manic episode. And it's like, so that's like a constant judgment that I that I have on myself. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, okay. I I've been you know really really lucky. I think with you know I I had a very low placenta, and so I was kind of on not bed rest, but I couldn't do anything more than like literally a block up and down my neighborhood, like for the entire pregnancy. You know, and like I'm like not eating probably as well as I should because I'm not working out and I'm not getting the energy that I want. And, and I, my other judgment is I take hot baths and that's like a no, no. And then my doctor was like, no, it's fine. You know? So it's like, and then I'm like, oh my God, if something's wrong, because we've had a lot of complications. And so there have been things where I'm like, oh my God, if I didn't take that bath and I mean, it sounds insane, right? Like if I didn't take that bath, maybe like A, B and C wouldn't have happened. And then thankfully, everything turned out to be beautiful and and healthy and wonderful. Um, And they were all just kind of false alarms. But but that judgment on myself of like, why was I selfish in wanting to take that hot bath? Uh, And and it's stupid shit like that. That's crazy. Not only is it stupid shit, but I hope you're not blaming yourself because there is a shit ton of messaging out there from not, by the way, not 
just from non-parents, but other moms yeah. that make this harder than it needs to be. Yeah. And what I, what I truly wish is that everyone would just give themselves permission to have their own experience, yeah. their, their own struggles, but also know that we're, we are not so unique that another mom hasn't had the same experience, right. but it, the catch is we've got to talk about it. And so I'm, I'm truly, I'm so grateful that you are giving any, as, as much airtime as you can to this. Because I, I also kept my pregnancy quiet until later because I had all of the anxious thoughts here. Right. And sometimes I, I beat myself up and think, fuck, should I have talked about it earlier? Because somebody else probably could have benefited yeah. from it. Um, so postpartum, I'm here. I'm here to talk about any and all of the things like keeping those goddamn period panties because you will need that for the I bleeding. I am going to need those. Okay. Well, I think my two last questions my first question is, what is something that you would tell all the moms out there, like something they can do for their emotional fitness and not just moms, but for everyone who's listening, you know what I mean? Partners, you know, dads and, and single, single fellas out there, you know, what is something that you can do for your emotional fitness, you know, with COA or on their own as well, whichever way? Yes. Well, I think we've, we've touched on a couple of them and, one is building that confidence. Create that list. Really, truly write down all the things you've overcome, yeah. the tough challenges you've had. And at Co, we also have this in our in our resilience classes. You can have some help around it. And when you asked me for one thing, but I'm going to give three. Sorry, I, I love this. One is that piece of building that confidence. Two is asking for help. So have that community, even if it's just one person, I promise it makes so much of a difference. And it can be an anonymous person. It can be a Reddit thread. It can be an Instagram account. At least you have one thing to go to to normalize it. And three is the permission to learn that you're not going to be perfect. A lot of the judgments we have as moms come from when we don't think we're being that perfect mom who can do it all. No need to. Guess right. we don't have to. You're, you are the best person for your baby you're doing it right, no matter what. I love that. And then my final question is the question I ask everyone. Um, but what is your emotional support? I'm lucky to have several emotional supports. Shout outs to therapy. In general, number one. Number two, my husband, yeah. who thankfully is willing to hear all of my needs, even if they change at the drop of a dime, which often they do, but willing to be there. And three... I got a girl gang. I have a girl gang who just, they are there for me to talk about the gross, disgusting things that happen postpartum. Um, wink, wink. It's, you know, yeah. so if you need that, let me know. And as well as they are, they are also the, the people who, who have real talk with me right. that I can share the dark shit with the, oh my God, I just can't say this with anybody. I've got some, some really incredible women in my life. And I got to say, my emotional support, those three things. Oh, my gosh. Those are like really powerful, powerful things. Um, and this has been such a powerful episode. And I can't thank you enough for for coming on emotional support and having this conversation because I think that, you know, it's a, such a new world for me. And obviously, there's not even a human that's like currently, you know, outside of the womb right now. But I, I, I feel a part of this club, if you will, that I wasn't sure I'd ever be blessed to be a part of, you know? So I think that 
meeting humans such as yourself and having the real conversations, it just, not only are you helping others, but you're selfishly just like helping me today. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> and I needed it um, because I, the struggle is real as they like to say. And, you know, we have yes. to remember like we're not alone in this and and it's okay to feel your feels and and go through it. Couldn't have said it better myself. I'm so grateful that you are having this conversation now. Keep having it. Mm-hmm. As you're a parent, it'll all change. Um, it gets even grosser, believe it or yes. not. So talk <laughs> about the gross shit. Talk about the fun shit because it's also incredibly beautiful what you're doing and what you're about to do. And I just can't wait to stay up there. 